0: He's America's sports voice, KMOX. Taking you through this Friday here on at KMOX. Matt Pawley back with you on Sports Open Line. As always, if you want to join the program, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me if you'd like. At Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. I almost misspelled my own name. Let's bring in uh, Anthony Miller. He's got an easy name to spell. He's by Anthony Miller on Twitter. uh, Covers the XFL for XFL News Hub. Anthony, thanks for us taking some time. Welcome back on the Sports Open Line. Thanks for having me back on the show. I appreciate it. Let's uh, get into kind of some of the logistics of what's going on with the XFL because I don't think people completely understand how it's working where the league is based basically uh, in Texas and then they travel for games, but a lot of everything is kind of centrally located. Can you explain just that whole whole process and how the XFL is doing it?
1: Yeah. So uh, last couple of days we've seen uh, players and coaches, they started heading their way to Arlington, Texas. This is where it's, the XFL is going to have their – uh, really their hub. So the players are going to be living there. The coaches are going to be living there. They're going to be practicing at local high schools around the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth area. And basically for the next five weeks, uh, they're going to go through training camp here. And then uh, by February 9th, they'll go through final cuts to the rosters. And then by the time February 18th rolls around, they'll have their full rosters and so they'll be ready to go for the season. But they're going to be doing all their practicing. They're going to be living um, in the Arlington area. And I, I think really why the league did it was to ch- try to save money and they have a good relationship with the city of Arlington, especially from the last time they worked together uh, back in 2020 with the XFL. So it's been a really good partnership for them. So this is where they're going to be headquartered, but they'll be able to travel on weekends to go play their games at the home stadiums. But I think it was important for them to have the hub in Arlington and have all the players and coaches in one area.
0: It's kind of a hybrid of what you would normally expect and what we saw in the USFL where the USFL just you know, set down shop in one city, I think it was at Birmingham, Alabama if I remember correctly uh, and they ran all their games from there here you're still going to get teams playing their games in their respective home markets yeah,
1: I think it was important for the XFL to still have the community part of it within the local uh, cities that they're going to be playing in. So they wanted to still have that type of relationship with the cities. But at the same time, with especially after COVID, I think a lot of the spring football leagues were thinking about ways to try to be more efficient uh, financially. And they found uh, that you know having hub cities, as they call it uh, – was the best way to kind of save money. So that's what the USFL did, you know, basing all their games in Birmingham and then doing the playoffs all in uh, Canton, Ohio. So the XFL, like you said, it's kind of a hybrid. They want to try to keep their players in one city to save money that way, but at the same time still keep that um, community atmosphere and have that connection with the cities they're playing in.
0: If the, if this version of the XFL makes it, do you think there's a scenario where they eventually start running all their operations out of cities or is this maybe a, a long-term play?
1: I think there's eventually an opportunity where they will move out. Um, but I, I think the XFL is being really smart about it. I, 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 a lot of these spring leagues that come out within the first year or two, they all struggle financially. And that's why a lot of them end up ending after a year or two, because they just don't have the finances to handle it. So I think the XFL is really handling it the smart way to have that combination between, Hey, we know we need to save money. You know, first year, you're not going to really make revenue. So this is their way of saving money, but at the same time still have the players and coaches out in the community so that, You know, cities like St. Louis and San Antonio can still be connected to their teams. I think that's the one thing the USFL kind of missed. The target on is that those cities like you know Houston and that they they just didn't have that connection with the team outside of you know the Birmingham Stallions. Now the the XFL this way is being smart about it, save money, but also cities like St. Louis, San Antonio, Seattle, they'll still have that connection with their team. So it's a win-win. But yeah, eventually I think they'll branch out once they get you know, consistent revenue flowing into the league.
0: Anthony Miller from XFL News Hub continuing to uh, join us. The schedule was officially released uh, this past week across the XFL and obviously for uh, the Battle Hawks, who are going to open up the season with some road games before eventually uh, playing their first home game that is uh, going to be scheduled for March 12th after they play games on the road against San Antonio, Seattle, and also uh, D.C. From what you're hearing, uh, St. Louis football fans are, I think, really proud of the way they supported Battlehawks 1.0. Now they're going to XFL and Battlehawks 2.0. Uh, is are, are you hearing excitement about what the St. Louis market and how they're going to handle uh, this team once again?
1: I think it was important for the XFL to bring back St. Louis. I, I think when you look at attendance numbers back in 2020. St. Louis was the, the most successful out of all the cities they played in. First game they did, I think it was 29,000. Second game was 27,000. So the attendance numbers, I mean, the Xf, this XFL group realized that it was imperative to have football back in St. Louis. What's great about St. Louis is that it's a massive city with no competition with the NFL. So when you get a team back in here, I mean, the, I think the expectation for the league is is that St. Louis, the Battlehawks should easily have over 20,000 fans a game at every one of their home games. So I think like it was automatic that St. Louis was going to come back. I think it was automatic that Seattle was going to come back. And like I said before, they have a great relationship with the city of Arlington, so that was automatic. And then bringing in San Antonio was obviously another automatic too, just from the success that San Antonio's had with the Alliance of American Football and all the professional football leagues that, football teams that have come into that city. So I think it was a no-brainer to bring back St. Louis. They know how important that city is and how much um, you know how much attention they're going to get from the market.
0: I know the XFL and USFL are not totally 100% running concurrently, but they are each a couple spring leagues. Do you feel like, you know, spring football has been such a tough thing in this country. Do you feel like there's a scenario where these leagues can continue to exist, or at some point, is it going to come down to just one or none?
1: I think eventually it's going to, It's you know, this year it may work out, especially with both leagues being smarter with you know how they're spending their money and revenue especially for the first year or two but i think eventually either next year in 2024 or 2025 there's going to be a point where one of these leagues is going to have to to back off because they're not you know making they're not hitting the t- the ratings in the television they're not making the money with the home attendance so yeah i i don't see a scenario where both leagues are really going to work they're both buying for Um, fans to watch them despite the fact they're essentially playing at different times of the year. There's going to be a point where one of the leagues is going to have to beat out the other so I think really this year will be a good indication of where the XFL is going to lie and where the USFL is going to lie in the future. And especially the USFL has got to make decisions on when they want to start playing home games in their home markets because eventually they're going to have to get there. So I think once that happens, that may be a true indication of who's going to win between the XFL and the USFL.
0: Who's in better position right now?
1: So I think financially the USFL is just because they saved money last year by playing in one city and now they're going to be playing in, it sounds like maybe between three to four hub cities. So financially they may be better off, but I think in the long run, the XFL may end up being better off just because they have the, like I said, they're playing in their home stadiums. Their fans are going to be in front of them. They're going to be able to build that community with them. So I think popularity-wise, I think the XFL will have the advantage over the USFL. But if we're talking about financially, right now the USFL will have the, the advantage. But at the end of the day, I, I think the XFL is just going about it a little bit smarter and you know having that balance between having a hub city but also getting – you know, their local teams in their local cities. So the XFL may be better off at the end.
0: All XFL games will be nationalized, televised, a handful on ABC, a bunch on ESPN, and a fair amount on FX. Do you like their TV deal?
1: Yeah, I mean, I know they had a good relationship with ESPN the last time they were in 2020. ESPN did really well in making sure they're marketing the XFL, especially on SportsCenter, and making sure they're showing highlights. So I know they had a good relationship back in 2020, so I think it's a good combination of they'll be on ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, and FX. So, yeah, I think it's a really smart move to be able to get a major um, – getting major networks like ABC and, and ESPN behind it.
0: He is Anthony Miller, covers the XFL for XFL News Hub. You follow him on Twitter at ByAnthonyMiller. Anthony, Anthony, thanks so much for uh, taking some time with us, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again. Yeah, thanks for having me
1: on the show. Appreciate
0: it. Very good. There's Anthony Miller talking all things XFL football. Look forward to the season beginning for the Battle Hawks. Again, they will play uh, games on the road against San Antonio, Seattle, and D.C. in their first three weeks of the year. Then they'll be home for a couple weeks on March 12th and March 18th against Arlington and D.C. And then their final three games of the regular season will be at home as well, April 8th, 16th, and 22nd against Vegas, Seattle, and Orlando. I'm curious on a couple things. Uh, number one, something that did not exist the last time the Battle Hawks existed was City SC. So they exist now and they're kind of the trendy thing. And there is some crossover in the schedule between the Battle Hawks and City SC. So I do wonder uh, what that's going to look like. The other thing. The first time the Battle Hawks were around, they were so good at being in the community on like an every night basis, going to high school football games, being at community events. I mean, they were everywhere. And I don't know what the XFL is planning to do, if there's going to be much in terms of boots on the ground in St. Louis. I know they do have some staff members in St. Louis, uh, but are they... How many people are going to be here that can go do events? It's not going to be as easy to go have a player do an autograph session or something like that on a a Tuesday night when – all the practices and things like that are going to be taking place in Texas. When they Do they come in a day early? Do they leave a day later uh, and do some community events and things like that? I don't know what their plan is, but there's going to be some challenges that go along with that. The fact that they're not completely operating out of the St. Louis area, there's going to be some uh, some challenges. But all things considered, it's an exciting time and certainly look forward to uh, the Battlehawks returning. All right, we've still got a lot to get to before we get out of here. About 20 minutes, uh, 25 or so minutes left in the program before we're done. It's Sports Open Line. We're back with more in just a moment here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch